Well, it's generally good news today. Maybe the virus isn't that bad, even if it does spread like wildfire, although there are some concerning reports coming out of South Africa we'll look at today. China is trying to get its economy back on track, and locally, more jobs. On the other side of the coin, more jobs, not enough people, means more inflation worries. But we're not expecting the RBA to do too much today. We're probably going to have to wait till February. It's Tuesday, the 7th of December, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, any concerns on Friday seem to have been frittered away on Monday, which is, of course, it still is Monday in the United States. Of course, there's been a massive 2.2% jump in the Dow, uh, climbing right from the start of trade and picking up as the day has gone on. The S&P 500 is up 1.4%, the Nasdaq up 1.1%. This is all a bounce back, of course, still a long way to get back to that peak of early November. Big climbs in Europe as well. The Eurostoxx 50 is up 1.4%, more than 1.5% for the FTSE 100. The US dollar has climbed 0.3% on the DXY. It's up 0.6% on the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar is up 0.6%. It's the opposite, isn't it, of yesterday? Uh, Seven basis points added to 10-year treasuries in the United States, now at 1.4%, making up for some of that big drop in yields that we saw on Friday. A smaller lift in yields at the the short end, two years up just four basis points. So stopping that fall in the 210 spread. Uh, Much less action on bonds in Europe and a big rise in oil. Brent and WTI both up around 3.6% more in fact Brent now well above $72 uh, so we're, we're not seeing that ebullient mood in Asia just yet. Maybe we will today, but the Hang Seng fell 1.8% yesterday. But of course, you know, they've got to uh, follow on from, from Monday in the United States. Uh, but also uh, an interesting development from China. Here's NAB's Rodrigo Cotrill in Sydney this morning. So a half percent cut in the reserve ratios for Chinese banks announced by the People's Bank of China, uh, which brings it down to 10% for smaller banks, uh, 12% for the bigger ones. So that obviously frees up a, a bit of extra money for lending. Uh, presumably they've got uh, mortgages on their mind with this. Is this going to be enough to give the Chinese economy a bit of a leg up, do you think? <laughs> Morning, Phil. Um, yes, so I suppose there's, there's two parts to the story. One is, is the announcement of the uh, uh, reserve requirement uh, rate cut, which was great in the sense that it it gives that signal to the market that the, the PBOC is willing to support the economy and particularly support banks. Um, and uh, But more importantly as well uh, was the, the announcement or the, the affirmation by the authorities as well that they are kind of hinting at the idea that there will be uh, an ease in some of the property curves that have been introduced in uh, over the past 18 months or so, um, and that there's, there's a commitment to provide support to the economy over the course of 2022, both from a fiscal side and, and the spending side, but also from the uh, monetary policy side, which is still sort of an idea that they don't want to provide sort of broad uh, brace stimulus, uh, but provide a, a flexible and, and stable support to the economy. So uh, overall, the, what this means is that um, there's, there's, a, there's going to be another meeting before the end of the month, and then they will make announcements in terms of support that they will provide for the economy in 2022. So it's, it's good news. And, and as you say, of course, the, the RRR card also frees up quite a lot of cheap funding ahead of... Um, a big maturity of one-year loans on, on December 15th as well. So it eases right. the pressure and concerns around funding as well. So whatever it takes, basically, to stop a slowdown is, is the takeout from all of that, isn't it? And uh, so the only thing that could slow down the Chinese economy is uh, Omicron 
if it gets there and their 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 zero uh, covid policy and uh, what impact that is having on uh, global supply lines but i mean generally the, the, the there's been positive sentiment around the virus hasn't there today because uh, you know we're seeing that increase in hospital we're not seeing that increase in cases but we're not seeing the increase in hospitalization or, or fatality so it's looking like you know maybe it is a faster spreading disease but it's a milder disease we don't know for sure yet but all the circumstantial evidence you know as every day goes by it points more in that direction doesn't it it is and and certainly the the comments from dr fauci as well have probably helped as well given that mm. he's you know the authority if you like in, in terms of uh, the virus uh, uh, take up if you like or analysis uh, in the u.s so that certainly helped and, and as you mentioned we've seen a, a nice rebound um, across not only the equity market, but if you see the equity market, it's, it's those reopening sort of sectors that are actually performing really well as well. And of course, it's been evident in, in, in the performance of risk-sensitive currencies such as the Aussie and, and, and the Kiwi as well. Um, I suppose the one thing to add about this is that we need to emphasize it's still early days. There's also reports yeah. coming from South Africa about you know, the disease affecting, um, you know, younger kids and infants, um, something so that there's been a significant rise on, on those level of infections and hospitalization as well. Um, so, so it's still early days. And, and uh, but certainly what we know so far is pointing to, to a more sort of optimistic outcome um, as opposed to like the more severe one yeah well let's hope so but of course we that that hasn't stopped governments around the world including now new york uh as well the the, the incoming german government's also got legislation ready to go on this imposing uh, uh mandatory uh vaccines in the private sector for workers so in new york they're doing it from december the 27th uh, joe biden of course was trying to do it across the united states but the mayor of new york has said no well, we're, we're going to do it uh, this month that obviously uh, is not good, particularly for service businesses, because it's going to create worker shortages. And, you know, that could slow down recovery in those sectors at this crucial time, just before Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because it's, in addition to what you're saying, what, 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 one of the things that we're concerned is um, in countries where you see elevated levels of uh, anti-vaccine sort of movements uh, and in many parts of Europe, in particular, and parts of the U.S., the imposition of this uh, can can provide you know a significant level of social unrest. When you talk about mm. you know thirty percent of the population that doesn't want to get vaccinated, that that's a big number. Um, in Australia, thankfully, we we're not there. We we have high levels of vaccination. Um, you know, over ninety, of course, in in Melbourne and Sydney, and the the vaccination rates are also increasing in Queensland, which you know it points to the, the reopening of Queensland uh, very shortly as well. So. That is positive for Australia, but in countries where you have high levels of, of anti-vaxxers, if you like, um, it, it could could be a sort of a you know a signal of social unrest as well. So yeah. it's something to, to keep an eye on. Well, that is certainly a concern for Europe, isn't it? And we saw a yeah. uh, big drop in factory orders for Germany, down 6.9% in October after a 1.3% increase the previous month. So, And this is orders. This isn't production. This is demand. So obviously, uh, again, this is a, a supply chain chain question i guess plus i guess companies not wanting to invest in capex all that sort of stuff i mean maybe it's too volatile to draw on conclusions just from one month it is the, the, the time series is volatile also we've got to remember that these are good orders so you know the, the whole idea of the, the world reopening it, it does you know there's that general sense that you we will all sort of ease up on on the level of goods consumption and and focus a bit on the services side because we haven't been able to you know enjoy holidays and so on so um 
it, mm. it's, a, it's a mixed bag for Germany in a sense because good news for the global economy reopening means that maybe there's a slowdown in the demand for the, the good stuff that uh, Germany likes to, to, to sell to the rest of the world. So it's a volatile series, but certainly something to keep an eye on, uh, particularly in terms of the outlook for, for the German economy. Yeah. One thing I was reading yesterday was that the pent up savings that we're seeing in, the, in Europe and the United States, in the United States, those those savings are pretty much across every income group, whereas in Europe, they are much more biased towards higher income, higher profile incomes. And of course, people with higher incomes are less keen to, to spend that. They'll, 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 they won't dip into their savings quite so much, which would mean Germany uh, Germany and the rest of Europe might fall a bit behind the United States in this recovery. Well, you know, and it's so far, it's, it's, it's very much evident in terms of the level of retail sales spending, yeah. for instance. Yeah. The US has always been more of a bigger consumer, but certainly the, the, the evidence so far in, in, in the past six to eight months has been that you know, the U.S. economy is booming and the consumer is playing a big, big part of, of that booming. And, and I suppose the big question is, is as we mentioned in, the, in this podcast, is that all this, this service suggests that the U.S. consumer is, is a bit downbeat, but in reality is spending a lot of money yeah. and they have a lot of money in, in the bank accounts as well. So still supportive to the idea of the economy performing well. well. You know, if you're feeling a bit downbeat, there's nothing like a bit of retail therapy, is there, to, to get you moving again. <laughs> uh, look, the uh, the Riksbank, let's talk central banks. Riksbank in Sweden, uh, they met yesterday, probably not worth talking about too much. They're, they're not tightening anything just yet. They are really one of those banks that's saying, no, nothing before 2024, uh, before they start to look at uh, look at rates. The big question is the, um, is the Bank of England, isn't it? So... We're getting mixed messages there. So we had Saunders over the weekend, one uh, Bank of England member, who was really saying, uh, oh, well, you know, we're probably going to hold it off. Uh, it may be a bit too soon. Uh, but we had a very different uh, response, didn't we, from Ben Broadbent uh, talking uh, in Leeds last night, um, how inflation could uh, could rise with the tight labour market. He sees inflation exceeding 5% by April next year. Uh, and, um, you know, basically, it's, it sounded as though he was talking it up a bit. So, I mean, has, has this increased the chances of a rate rise next week, do you think? Well, what he, he said as well, he says, I go into this meeting not knowing very often where I'm going to vote myself. So, so he's, <laughs> gives you he's kind of sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, um, so I suppose there's two parts of it. One, Saunders had been on the, on the hawkish side and, the comments that he made uh, uh, Friday night were well, essentially shifted him more towards sort of this uncertainty area. Mm. Uh, so he's no longer sort of that keen on hiking and he wants to see how things play out, particularly in terms of Omicron and so on. So uh, that, that's been a shift towards no hike in a sense. Uh, and and Saunders, is, uh, sorry, Broadbent is also at the moment kind of emphasising that rate hikes are coming. But uh, right now, um, he's not sure that you know a rate hike is, is suitable in December, given the uncertainties, particularly because of Omicron um, and, and how the economy is traveling at the moment. So, so overall, what we've seen is actually a reduction in, in rate hike expectations um, and quite significant. So, you know, when you look at mid-October, if a hike was fully priced and more so than, than fully priced mm. in the sense that it could be a bigger hike. And, and now what we've seen is a reduction, a significant reduction to, to essentially like a 25% chance of, of a rate hike. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, with an even less chance of a rate hike from the RBA today. Um, before we talk about that, <laughs> uh, job ads yesterday, uh, three months in a row with the number of jobs advertising. This is the ANZ. Uh, they're a bank too, apparently. Uh, th- their survey of jobs that that's increased three months in a row, uh, 
It's, and was they saying that also the Seek numbers as well have been showing the same thing, haven't they? They've been collecting data for correct. And and yes. so, um, but we're also seeing the applications per job is falling as well. So that's saying tight labour market. Well, yes, it? It, it is. It is saying that, and and of course. Um, what is super encouraging is that uh, when we saw that reopening occurring, um, you know, before we Melbourne and uh, and, and Sydney shut down, um, we, we saw a significant and very quick improvement in the labour market, and and our economists are, are very convinced that, that we will see that again, and and the data coming from the job adverts from day and said, and also from from the Six survey, are, are very encouraging in that regard. So. Um, when we think about sort of policy from the RBA today, of course, it's, it's not a, it's, we don't expect any surprises, but we think that comes February, you know, the data and flow that we will have by then will be very encouraging in terms of the improvements in the local market and also the inflationary pressures that we also see coming as well. So 2022 will be interesting for, for the RBA. Right. And the uh, Melbourne uh, Institute Inflation Gauge up uh, 0.3% month on month. It's been high, of course, but it's not falling either so uh, that's that can add to those that list of numbers that the rba can investigate uh, come february time look numbers today australia gets its weekly consumer confidence reading japan publishes its leading index uh, and also it's uh, its labor cash earnings both for october the eurozone uh, the final uh, q3 gdp germany releases its industrial production numbers we get the zoo survey as well uh, and tonight, the size of the U.S. trade deficit. Do you want to say anything about all of those before we go, or any of those? No, the, no. we think the focus will be probably on, on the on the trade deficits for 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 the U.S. It's actually expected to be smaller. It was over eighty billion yeah. uh, uh, the previous month, and now it's going down to sixty. So, so a bit of a cool down there. Uh, and of course, the details will be important. Again, a lot of focus around how much or how big is the deficit with China. Uh, and of course, we had uh, uh, Yellen talking about uh, you know the prospects of of easing some of those tariffs, uh, the, mm. you know, with, with the trade with China. So, so it could be interesting, um, and and maybe we get a little bit of sound bites around that theme uh, once once the trade data. Okay, comes before up. we go, just testing your knowledge of ancient history. Do you know when the US last had a trade surplus? Ah, mm, um, stalling for time. Come well, on. yeah, I think I looked at this before. The, the, um, you have to go back to. I think the 1980s, um, and even even in the crisis of 2000, the GFC, uh, it you know we 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 still had a deficit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. A long, long time ago. Long time, yeah, 80s, or and and then only only touching it, if anything, I think, yeah. Uh, but That's very right, good. Yeah. Or or the 70s before that. Yeah, I know it's been a long time, hasn't it? Uh, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Cheers. That was a bit unfair. Throwing a curveball at the end like that. He managed to do it, though, didn't he? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. Bye.